Welcome, babes, to the Many Women Podcast, a place where we connect on the journey of loving the many women we have been, currently are, and one day hope to be. I'm Krina. And I'm Allie. And on today's episode, Krina and I are chatting all about improving our communication. We're going to share tips on improving your own communication throughout your life. We're thinking about relationships, if you're a parent, talking to your children, and even in professional settings. The great thing is we will have three steps for you so you can get started today. The goal is that this is going to become a series, and the goal of our episodes are to inspire us and empower us to communicate with greater clarity, compassion, and confidence. We're also going to have some great dares and a journal entry for you, so make sure you keep listening. But first, let's check in on last week's dares. All right, so last week, favorite episode yet, (laughs) Karina's birthday episode, we dared one another on our birthdays that if you are an introvert, you plan something with your friends or your family, and if you're an extrovert, you take at least a little time to yourself on your birthday. So how did it go, Krina? Okay, well, it just so happens that there was like a snowstorm on the weekend of my birthday, but I did not let that get in my way because, of course, I need to celebrate. Um, So I actually felt like I spent a lot of time by myself just like kind of because of that. I had to Uber everywhere by myself. So, you know, I know that's not alone, but usually I'm like, come pick me up so we can go together. Like, do you guys want to, you know... Karina doesn't even like when I go use the bathroom at recess. She's like, we're chatting. I know. I'm like, hurry. <laughs> not selfishly, but hurry up. So, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time, like, Ubering my way around. And then I had some just moments of putting all my flowers away, which I got a bunch of flowers. And I love, like, having fresh flowers in my house. So that took me a long time where I was just kind of in transition of, like, my friends coming over or someone leaving. So, yeah, I, I felt like this was a really good birthday. Yeah, it was a really – I celebrated, like, with my friends, my family, and I felt really, really happy and grateful. It was good. And it was, like – this is going to sound sad, but to me it's a happy moment. It was, like, the first birthday in, like, 10 years that I didn't cry on my birthday. Wow. Yeah. Like, usually I'll just have, like, a moment of, like, sadness, I think, for, you know, everyone kind of has, like, feels about their birthday. But, yeah, I did not cry this year, and that felt really great. Awesome. Your birthday was just so much fun. We, I love that we got to all go have a little fancy date together. So I just really appreciate being a part of that. I will never forget that dinner. It was an amazing dinner. That dinner. How, how often do you go to a dinner with with your Six friends people. where literally everyone <laughs> clears their plate? <laughs> I don't think they had to wash the plates. We literally like literally were like, this is so – and everybody's dish was so good. Oh, my God. Wonderful. It was amazing. Well, thank you for celebrating. With yeah, me. and I'm excited. I'll you know work hard to plan something for my birthday too, mm-hmm. and I will step out of my comfort zone for that. But let's go ahead and get ready to move into compassionate communication. So, Krina and I were lucky enough to take a nonviolent communication course last summer, and I think that when we both started, we were like, "Oh, we're." We know how to communicate. We know how to talk about our feelings and our wants and needs. But, wow, we were 
pretty off base on some <laughs> yeah. of the things that we, we did. learned a lot. <laughs> so we really wanted to break it down for you. We're going to be doing this over a, a couple of different weeks, not in a row, but it'll come up every couple of episodes because it's really important. It's really helped our relationships and the way that we connect with others and the way that we express ourselves in a more empowering way, I really think. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what compassionate communication is. So I think the most important hallmark of compassionate communication is mindfulness. And if you're not really aware of what mindfulness is by definition, I know we all have a vague understanding of what it means, but that's just the idea of making the decision to pay attention to right now mm-hmm. with with love. Yeah, be present in the given moment without judgment. Yeah, yeah. and so I think a, a big part of that is kind of this nonviolence, like your communication needs to be coming from your heart. Mm-hmm. If you're not necessarily ready to communicate from your heart, then you might not necessarily be ready to have a conversation. And that we'll talk more about ways to get there too throughout the steps. Um, And then this sense of embodiment where you are really taking the time to notice how you're feeling and what's coming up for you. Okay, let's get to the juicy part. So these are the steps that we want you to learn and get into your heart and mind so that they come up naturally when you get into a challenging conversation with someone. So Krina, tell us about step one. So the first step is presence and self-awareness. And I know we talked about when you think of mindful communication or compassionate communication or just communicating in general, I think people think, oh, it's all about what you're saying. But what we learned is it starts way before that. And it really starts with what your intention is going into that conversation. So you kind of have to pull yourself back and observe, like, what are you feeling? What are your senses? And then what needs do you have? And making sure that you're listening to what needs the other person has. I think it's really important to remember that everyone is operating to have a need met. And when you are in the middle of a conversation, that might be a little more difficult or it might feel challenging people are just trying to get their needs across so I thought that was a huge takeaway from this class like listening like what does this person need from me and then being able to share what I need from them but I think it really starts with observing how your body feels and being present and self-aware of your body language your feeling like your anxiety, your emotions. And not being afraid to say, I need a break right now, or I'm not ready for this conversation right now. I think that, you know, while the awareness is really important in the beginning, if you are not pausing during conversations to check in with your truth and how you're feeling, I really don't think that you can have a positive outcome in a conversation. Right, because I'm sure we've all been in conversations where things have escalated really fast and you're like, whoa, I wasn't even like aware that that was going there or that took a turn or, you know, stuff like that. So I really like the idea of thinking about things from your feelings, not your thoughts 
and your stories. All the narratives that you have built up in your mind. Right. So kind of a good way to think about this is like if it was on camera. So if your story was caught on camera, did the thing actually happen or is it something you're internalizing or you're feeling yourself? So if this was, you know, if your situation that you're talking about was on a camera or was caught on camera, did that happen? And I'm thinking from like a people pleaser perspective because this happens between my husband and I a lot where I'll think that he's mad at me mm-hmm. because of, I don't know, like the way his eyes moved or right. the slight sound that he made. But if I played that video back, that feeling of him being mad at me is not something that can be caught on camera. Right. So making a story about him being mad helps no one. Right. How much does the situation have to do with what you're feeling inside versus what actually happened? What actually happened? So we want to be, um, just remind you about what step one is. Presence, self-awareness, starting from that mindful place. All right, let's go ahead and go on to step two, which is also (laughs) something that, you know, you have to realize that listening is a very important part of being in a conversation. I think that when you think about mindful communication or any kind of communication, like Karina said, you think about speaking first. Don't, Don't think about that first. Think about preparing yourself really to listen first. And I think that we all have our communication habits Mm -hmm. that we do and I when Karina and I did this class together we had to do a lot of partner work and I realized that Karina and I have this communication culture of wanting to instantly respond to each other because we get jazzed when we're talking about something like you can hear it like you you know the the verbal cues that show like oh my gosh yeah or you know and we had challenges or little homework sessions where the person I mean, we've all had to do this, but have we done it seriously where you don't talk, right, for five minutes and you're just listening and then you catch, like, what you're thinking about while the person's talking and it's like, wow, I'm I'm just thinking about so much. Or I kind of want to interrupt her, but so... Or, or you want to please them by being like, yes, I agree with you mm-hmm. or I, I believe everything that you're saying, but really for effective communication, like, pure listening is really important. And for someone like me, like I know that one of my uh, things I'm working on is not interrupting people. I interrupt people just not to be rude. I'm just like really excited and I want them to know like I hear them and I want to, you know, just be part of the conversation with them and engage. And I I was dating someone one time and we were having a, we weren't in a fight or anything, but we were having a conversation and Oh God. And he was talking, talking, and then I interrupted him and he like kind of, he, he paused and he was like, Krina, you didn't even let me land. And I was like, oh let my him God, land. didn't even let him land. So that's something I've been working on after this course is like letting people land, letting people get their entire point across, their entire, you know, whatever version of what they're trying to communicate out to me before I jump in. Like letting them land. <laughs> let let them land. I think that's a good a good tagline for this episode. Um, okay, to wrap up, step two is really focusing on that receptive listening. 
where you're aware of your own body, you're aware of the other, other person's feedback as well. All right, Karina, finally we get to the speaking part. Karina, tell us about step three. Okay, so obviously we're talking about communication. What you say is very important. And I think for me and you, Allie, we're like, oh, yeah, we know how to express how we're feeling. And then it's like we opened up this whole, like, new world where I was like, oh, crap. Like, I have been messing up here. Yeah, I've been using I feel statements very wrong my entire life. Yeah, so the goal of this section of the podcast is to reframe the I feel trend. I think it's kind of become this thing where if I'm saying I feel – uh, I am just, I'm doing great. I'm communicating. Yeah. Everything I, after, uh, everything after that is, is great because I said it's what I, I feel. feel. Yeah, it's my, I'm, I'm owning it. It's, it's me. So I really want to remind you and encourage you to kind of reframe that because the words you choose to use after I feel, the words that come after can either take ownership of your actual feelings or can place blame on the person you're communicating with. So what comes after is very important. And for me, I just thought like, oh, everything I feel is my emotion and I'm owning it and I'm telling you and you should listen and you should also have absolutely no feelings about it because it's mine. Mm -hmm. It's like instead of saying, you're a jerk, you're saying, I feel like you're being a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) That's just... Although it has the wonderful I feel statement, it's really not a feeling. So an example that I have is the um, phrase or word unheard. And I think a lot of people, maybe when they're having like a fight or a conversation that's difficult, you feel unheard by the person you're talking to. And what we learned through this course is that there's a bunch of feelings that are easy to state. The good positive feelings are easy, I would say, right? To like identify. I I think that when you think about the feelings, you have to think about like, could I see this feeling on like a little emoji face chart? Because sad might be on there, angry might be on there, disappointed might be on there, but Unheard, unheard is not, is on, not there. on there. So instead of saying like, I just feel unheard because yeah, you're saying I feel, but I add it, but you're adding blame to the person that you're talking to. So you're like, yeah, I feel unheard, but that's automatically implying that they are doing something to you. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Kind of like you're putting blame on them. Yeah. And then, yeah, the person you're talking to will probably get defensive and they'll probably feel like they have to, you know, stand up for themselves because you're blaming them and you're putting, you know, this negative emotion on them. Yes. And I think that you're also telling them that your emotions are their responsibility. Right. And their fault. And their fault. Their fault. I think that one of the easiest ways to do this is when you say a statement like, I feel like, or I feel that, or I feel as if, it's generally going to be followed up with a judgment or like an interpretation of what's happening and not a feeling. Right. So if you can say, I feel, and then say the emotion, then that's really sharing your feelings. I feel sad. Nobody says, I feel as if 
sadness is occurring. Yes. <laughs> no, like, no, you don't say that. And we're not trying to, like, I understand you're going to get in fights with your partner and you're going to be annoyed or you're going to have feelings. So instead of saying, I feel unheard, which puts blame on the other person, you could say, like, I feel frustrated because I'm repeating myself over and over. And that is a statement that is sharing how you're feeling, but it puts no blame on the other person. And it also leaves room for maybe you're repeating yourself over and over and maybe you're not saying what you really want to say. So just to wrap up, when you're trying to communicate and do it mindfully, it's really important to remember that what comes after the I feel statement can really determine the flow of the conversation and can really, you know, determine if it's going to be a, have a positive outcome or an outcome where people don't feel safe and don't feel where they can, you know, be open and where they can feel success, that there's success in that conversation. So to recap, we'll give you all three steps again. And we really hope that we made it in a way that you can kind of stick it in your mind and use it on your next challenging conversation. That first step is that mindful embodiment, that awareness of how you're feeling and what your intention is. Step two is being a receptive listener. So not being ready to just jump in and tell people your side, but allowing them to fully express what they have to say before you go on. And then three, and most importantly, speaking, really making sure that when you're sharing your feelings, that they're coming from an emotional place and not a place of the stories that you tell yourself or the judgments that you feel. Right. And also, you know, before having a conversation, I always encourage my friends, like, jot some things down. Because once the emotions are involved, like, you can kind of forget. So that's kind of always helped me when I'm trying to become more present and mindful and just remember, like, what I want to get across. That's always helped me before a conversation. Yes, very good. That's step zero. Step zero. Step yeah, zero. pre-step. Pre-step. All right, so we have a little journal prompt for you, so you can start working with some of these ideas. Karina, you share our journal prompt? Yes, so this week, we would like you to sit down and journal some needs that you currently feel that you have, so that when you're trying to compassionately communicate, you you know what you need, and it'll make it easier to communicate with the person that you're speaking to. I think that's really important. Like sitting down and if, you know, if this is a conversation you're having with your boss or with your child or with your spouse or boyfriend or friend, you're just aware of what you need so that you can be really, really clear. I think that's also really great because you can evaluate if you can meet your own needs. Oh, that's a good point. In that process. Because I think a lot of times we have needs that we expect our loved ones to meet Mm -hmm. that there are needs and there are needs that we should actually start learning how to meet on our own. Absolutely. All right, Allie, what is our dare? We have one dare this week. Okay. So my dare for you, created my dare for you is to let someone fully land their side of the conversation and then pause and use the pause to figure out what you're going to say rather than using the time that person is talking to figure out what you're going to say. And mean we we mean like don't speak when the other person is talking. And that you think that's easy, but it's not easy to just sit there and literally listen 
to what the conversation is versus like coming up with all the things that you want to respond to. And I think it's a good time to remind you that mindfulness is a practice and mindful communication and compassionate communication are practices. You will not apply this type of communication to every conversation that you have. Thank you so much, Karina. This is a great chat. I'm really excited to hear if it impacted people. We love all of you. We hope that this helps your relationships grow stronger. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about maintaining and making friendships as a grown-up, as yeah. an adult. It's not as easy as when you were in high school and middle school. Or so second grade. There's so about. many um, play dates in second grade. Yeah, a lot Jesus. of play dates. Every day. I'm like, another play date. Okay. So we had a suggestion from one of our listeners. They would love to hear our final kind of closure statement in different languages, which is great. And we have Krina, who speaks different languages. We have lots of friends who speak other languages. If you're interested in recording for us our little closing phrase that we do every week, let us know. We want to get some other voices on here. Thank you, Ali. My first language is Romanian, and so we always want to leave you with this. Amintește-te că iubirea de sine este o călătorie și nu fi prea dur cu tine dacă aluneci. Fi bun cu tine și amintește-te că fiecare zi este o nouă zi de a practica iubirea de sine. Thank you.